I'm Ninja Sister. And I'm Pandalicious. And this is the Ashcast. This is Electric Sisterhood, podcast episode number 624. February is no joke for games. This is Electric Sisterhood, home of the original, the fucking original, girl gaming, tech gadget, and anime podcast. I am Ninja Sister. And I'm Pandalicious. Welcome to a brand new episode of our weekly podcast, Panda Ninja. How you doing? I'm doing. How are you doing? I'm doing. You know, I'm I'm, I'm good. I'm good. You know, I, I could complain, but psh, ain't nobody gonna listen, so I might as well not. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. I got a bunch of game stuff uh, that I want to talk about this week because, you know, games. February is like no joke for games. It's just games everywhere. Every time you turn around, it's just more games. I can't, like, really keep up. I'm still making my way through Kingdom Hearts, which is adorable. It is. Uh, It's adorable. Okay? Like, there's a... I've I've just given up on, like, a couple of things, and if you just pretend that, like, they don't even exist, it's more fun. You say that. Yeah, especially when you get to the Hundred Acre Wood. Trust me, like you forgive so many things. I'm I'm in the toy. I'm in Toy Story's world right now. Okay, and like, and it was actually pretty funny because like I'd wake up in the morning and I would play, and you know I have my lovely Lucid Sound headphones on, and like I had all the music piping in through that. So my husband's like, Mm -hmm. you know, would randomly come in and be like Sora and like make me laugh, and I'm like, you can't (laughs) even hear. The game, because I'm, I'm piping it through my headphones. But then my headphones wirelessly, like, they petered out and they died. So I was like, oh, I better put the sound through the speakers. So, because there's nothing a man wants to hear on a, on a Friday, Saturday morning, but the, you know, Randy Newman special on repeat because of the background <laughs> music in the Toy Story world. Yeah, the bug. Oh, the oh bug. my God. Them oh, friend, the bug, like bug. me. And like, and it's just going. And even I'm like getting mildly annoyed, but I don't say anything. <laughs> But then eventually I hear my husband go, okay, you can turn that off now. I no longer need to hear any music from Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> I'm done. And I'm like, yeah, my headphones are dead and well, charging, I mean, so too bad, husband. <laughs> Randy Newman music will do that to anybody. After about it's, 15 minutes, you're like, okay, and, and we can I'm move done. on from this now. So so there's all that. So, yay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but seriously, when you get to Hundred Acre Wood, like you'll start to forgive so many things. If if you're you know a Winnie the Pooh fan, which I am, Pooh Bear is you know near and dear to my heart. So there's many things that I am forgiving of. Like I forgot all of the bullshit um, camera shit up until that point, and I was like, oh Pooh Bear, talk to me some more Pooh Bear. Where's a piglet? Where's piglet? Oh. Like, you forgive so many things. Just your inner child just comes out and just like, the world is full of cotton candy and dreams and possibilities. Okay. That's, that's pretty much how I feel oh, about the okay. game now. And when I leave the Hungry Acre Wood, I'm probably going to be like, okay, so this is some bullshit. And like the stupid, like, <laughs> overpower, bullshit. like, this is bullshit. This, like I'm going to be back bullshit. to it. 
Right, but right now I'm just in a warm place where hugs and dreams are real and everybody is loving and the world is a wonderful place full of possibility and wonder. Oh, okay then. Yeah, so I'm enjoying it again. You've got the warm and fuzzies in a way I've got that the warm and fuzzies. I'm at warm and, fuzzy. warm and fuzzies. Right, and when I leave the Hundred Acre Wood, I'm probably not going to have warm and fuzzies anymore. But I am committed to completing the game. But, like, February's been crazy because, you know, you, we've gotten Kingdom Hearts. I haven't even downloaded Jump Force yet, but I'm really looking forward to playing with some of that. I'm hearing great things coming out as far as, like, you know, the playability and, and how, you know, steady of, of a fighting game it is. There seems to already be a diehard fan community, which is great. And I think that speaks a lot to, you know, basing it off of the Shonen jump worlds and those characters but also the character creators so that you can you know make your own characters in those worlds i think that that's that's going to help the game have a lot of longevity so at some point i will be playing it and i will be talking about it so know that that is coming guys like it's going to happen because there's no way that we're not going to talk about the anime fighting game like, that's two of the three things, major things that we talk about on this podcast. So, of course, we're going to cover it. But I've just been so knee-deep in other games that I, I just haven't been able to, like, pay attention to many other things. You know, Anthem is in the world. You know, Peoples is playing it. I'm not yet. You know, and that's because I have a nasty taste in my mouth. I am going to give the game a shot, but I'm going to give it a little bit. And that's really because I, I'm going to be spending, you know, the next month in, in two games. Two games specifically. I'm going to be heavily into Kingdom Hearts 3 trying to finish it. And what I'm going to be talking about massively on the podcast this week is Crackdown 3. Which popped off on Friday. And uh, I've pretty much been playing it nonstop. Like, it pulled me out of Kingdom Hearts. Oh. Yeah. Yep, big time, big time. So I'm definitely going to talk about that. But before I get into, like, the fun stuff, I, I got to – we got to talk about a thing that's pissing me the fuck off. I'm sorry, but I just got to. So Okay, Activision, from Get the demons yep. out, sis. Get the demons yep. out. So earlier in the week, Activision announced their performance for the year and that they had a record year in that, you know, their sales and their profitability was up. They made $7.6 billion and some change this year. And even saying that, they had some disappointing things. And as such, they were laying off 800 people. And it sparked a lot of real backlash within the gaming community because the thought is, how can you have a record sales year? You made the most, like you profit wise, you made the most money as an institution that you've ever made, Activision Blizzard. Because don't forget, that's their full name, Activision right. Blizzard. Okay, so we all know just how well Overwatch and the Overwatch League has been doing. Okay, we all know how well the Call of Duty has been doing, even though I fucking hate Battle Royale, but hey, y'all that love it. I don't hate you. I just hate your game style. Okay. But how do you have record profits of $7.6 billion, that's with a capital B, and then fuck over 800 jobs? Just in the same breath. That yeah. doesn't make sense. If you're profitable, you're profitable. Why are you shit-canning people? That doesn't make sense. And... To offer up no explanation 
makes it worse. And so there's a lot of people, I have a bunch of friends that lost their jobs. And I'm talking about jobs in a bunch of different areas in writing, creative artists, marketing across the board. Bunches of slashes were made in non-engineering programming directly roles. And that to me signifies that, hey, we're done with creativity. We're just going to pick these things that seem to be profitable and seem to be working. And we're just going to mash this button over and over and over and over and over again. And that's a problem because it's, to me, creativity in story, in gameplay, in character design that create the new hotness and the thing that, you know, we flock to. Okay, people are are flocking to Apex right now because it is a creative mashup of Battle Royale and kind of your space mech and shooter. It is a creative hodgepodge. It is a melting pot. And, you know, it's already reached just in its, you know, test weekend over 25 million active users. Like that's that's huge. That's a huge opening, you know, beta. And so it just, it really just stuck in my craw of if you can throw out the creativity, then you've really blatantly made it clear to me that you're not interested in really meeting your consumer's need or exceeding it in feeding your fan base, your customer base with new and better experiences you simply are about a money grab and that's all you want to do because you've chucked out your creativity, your marketing, and your design. And so I I think what you're going to see is that Activision just, especially after shuttering Destiny and letting it go back to Bungie, that you're going to see them focus on just the Call of Duty, probably just battle royale i just i i have this sinking feeling that activision is going to completely abandon building single player experiences for their fran- their remaining franchises or any new ips that they come up with if they come up with a new ip but i think they're just going to kind of settle in and hone in on this battle royale thing and yeah that's really scary to me Especially because it's not the genre that one you you love. I mean, for those who really dig that genre, I bet this is like the best news that they could potentially hear. You know, which is right. But for me, it's it's like the end of ever playing a Call of Duty game again. Like basically, what that tells me is they're probably not going to build any single player Call of Duty games again. Which means Infinite Warfare was the last Call of Duty game that I played and or will play. And that's really sad because all I ever play is the single player Call of Duty because multiplayer, there's nothing there but toxicity for me. I know, just, bro. Just, just period end. So I wasn't even remotely interested in Black Ops, what is it up to now? Three? Four? Whatever the Battle I Royale only is. Four? Yeah. The current, the current Black Ops game. And I, I don't even know the number. That's... That's how little I was interested in the game because it was the only single player was the tutorial part to teach you how to get around weapons and all that kind of stuff. And the rest of it is battle royale. And that's not my jam. And that's not what I loved about Call of Duty, any of the Call of Duty games. And I've played a lot. 
from before the Warfare games came along. And it was always the single player that I enjoyed. Always. Yes, and forever. Like, I, I remember, like, we did a, almost a whole episode on the, the No Russian mission. We did a, almost a whole hour on one mission of a game because of how much of a mindfuck, how much of a conversation starter it was, and also, you know, how much it made, at least me, and as I recall you, think as we played through it, you know? And and that's gone. And to not have that in Call of Duty just kind of feels like I've lost a friend, and that's really sad. Because I, I enjoyed Modern Warfare, the whole series, immensely. And I, you know, as we discussed, you know, for the most part, I enjoyed Infinite Warfare as well. Even Killing Kit. Spoiler alert. I remember. I you know, remember. I, I enjoyed the game. And I, I, I thought the graphics were great. You know, the story was a little bit light. But the story's always been, with the exception of a couple of Call of Duty games, single-player campaign, the, the story's always been a little light but that was okay because it made up for it in the strategy element that you had to execute well to actually complete the missions and that made up for it for me finding the right places for me to duck and cover and to shoot making sure that I was you know picking up the right weapons and ammo in the right places to get through the final missions and things like that that always felt very balanced and then it had a story behind it of why I was trying to get through all of these missions and get to the museum, you know, at the end when the story was all done. Like, I, I took a lot of pride in making it to the museum and also not hitting that button. Because I, I know what happens when you hit the button. <laughs> bad, bad things happen. You know what happens when you hit the button because your dumb ass hit the button. Yeah. 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 You know, and that's all gone. And that's a really sad thing for me because that was a big chunk of my Call of Duty experience and that's not going to happen anymore. And so for the most part, Call of Duty is now done for me. And that's not to say that I don't think that games should have multiplayer because there's a lot of games that I enjoy playing multiplayer with my friends. But Battle Royale is not a mode that I enjoy Simply because I don't have enough people playing those games. And I think it's because they, like me, also enjoy predominantly single player or couch coop games. Couch co-op. So local player co-op. As opposed to big multiplayer, you know, 50 people on the screen, everybody in it for themselves, you know. I don't enjoy that. One, I'm not the top player. I'm not a great shot when it comes to those games. I would never play a first-person shooter or even a third-person shooter competitively. That's not where my skill set lies, okay? And that's fine. Like, I own that about myself. I enjoy shooters. I'm not the best shooter. Like, if you need somebody on headshots, I'm not the girl to call, okay? You want a good support player who's going to put in, you know, 110% effort every single time? That's me. That's, put me in, that's coach. That's you, Okay, every single fucking time, put me in coach, but I'm never going to claim to be like the best shot on a team. I'm not going to have a fantastic, like phenomenal, unbelievable kill death ratio. That's not me. Okay, that's not the level that I play at. And that's cool. I'm, when it comes to those kinds of games, I'm a casual player. And I just don't feel like there's a place in Battle Royale for the casual player. Like, 
at this point in time, uh, jump. I don't know. Uh, hold, I, I don't hold know. On, let me just finish agree. my thought, and then you can like rebuttal me. But I feel okay. like, as an example, for anybody jumping into, let's say, Fortnite right now, Fortnite is multiple seasons in. Okay, there. Most people that are playing the game now know the maps inside and out. They know where to drop. They know where to get their resources. They know where they can camp. They know the system in and out. They've got bunches and bunches of camo options and suit options and things like that. So for the casual player jumping in now, it's not an easy battle royale to get game to get to a place where you feel comfortable and competitive. And if you're starting a game with a handicap, it's hard to fall in love with it. You're not wrong. I mean, but that's but that is the competitive aspect cuz I mean, that's that's the thing that I'm I waver on a little bit because when mm-hmm. I think casual, I don't think competitive or at least right. not in the capacity. But by that, definition, battle royale is competitive. Yes, and I'm not saying but I'm like mm-hmm. if I'm coming in for a casual night of gaming, at the end of the day, I just want to have a good time. And I mean, I am not a competitive individual. Like, I do not, I don't find, or rather, I shouldn't say that. Let me, let me. You want to back that up just a little bit? You want, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to rewind it a little bit because while I've said I'm not competitive, that is a lie. I have deep veins of a competitive nature. I just don't express that competitive nature. So when I think Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm on a roll and I'm winning, I feel invincible. But then something will happen where I don't win and then I am I'm kind of a sourpuss like I get mad that I wasn't thinking 10 steps ahead which happens a lot like I'll stumble onto a strategy that works for me in some games and I'm talking more board games than video games at this particular moment but I'll be like Mm -hmm. oh I finally figured out what my like if I'm doing a system building game it's like oh that's what I should be doing and I'm already like two-thirds into the game and I'm like, oh, fuck, I wish I had realized this earlier. And then I become kind of a sourpuss when someone who's already clearly decided what their strategy is going to be has just been dominating the board because they knew way ahead what they were going to do. Mm-hmm. So, like, am I competitive? Yes. But I also realize that I don't put in the the time and the effort to be a master in whatever game I'm playing. So I shouldn't be as upset about it as I become And I mean, it's not necessarily an aspect of my character that I like all the time because I will feel myself doing this. And I'm like, great, I'm that person that everyone's like, don't play with Amanda because if she doesn't win, she's going to bitch the whole time. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I don't I wouldn't say I bitch all the time, but you could definitely tell when all of a sudden I thought I had something in the bag and then I don't. And I do wear my expressions as clear as, you know, the nose on my face kind of deal. Mm hmm. But I mean, like, when I am playing a game, like, um, on Wednesdays, me and a bunch of my friends get on our PS4s, and currently right now we're playing Friday the 13th. You know, we're playing in private matches, I think, like, the, I think there's about six of us. Okay. And we've been playing by ourselves, which is fun, you know, and we, and we don't, we're not in a party chat, and we just have a good time being a Jason and, like, running around being counselors and, like, ha, 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 But the other night, we were like, hey, why don't we, like, jump into, like, a public match and just see what the deal is? And I was tired, so I was like, I'll watch, but, like, I don't think I'm going to engage, really. And I'm watching them play, and, like, you could tell, you know, very much, like, you know, and, I mean, Friday the 13th is essentially a battle royale because it's, you know, the counselors versus the Jason 
kind mm-hmm. of. So, you know, either you ki- you kill Jason, which is really hard to do, or you find a way to survive until the timer runs out. All the Jasons that they encountered were all, like, super buffed up and, like, had all the ultimate, like, one-hit kill type things. And, like, that happened. So I get where you're coming from. But on that casual, you know, aspect where, you know, like I said, we all jumped into this public game. No, none of the people from my private game who went to this public game were all that upset with how quickly they were taken out. Because, like, there was no strong competitive, like, oh, my God, like, we want to beat the Jason. Like, we're all just having fun. So, I mean, if fun for you is competitive and, like, and it's a mastery, then okay. Like, that's your thing. But if it's not your thing, then this company should not necessarily demand that that be your thing. So, like, the fact that if they go this route, which it sounds like they're going to do, like, they're going to make this all Battle Royale, then they're going to lose a whole bunch of habitual, not even habitual, but, you know, cat, you know, longtime gamers of their of their game, their franchise, they're going to lose them because that's not the the game mentality or game motor muscle that they have. It's not their muscle memory. It's not their go-to. It's not their demographic. They're going to lose all those numbers of those of those hardcore gamers that have been with them from the jump, which is is sucky. So, you know, and but. and that's the thing, like where where I kind of look at things is I don't slight Battle Royale because it's the hot thing. Because for a lot of people that are competitive like that, it's a great model. Like, I don't have to get through a whole campaign before I get to this competitive thing, right? You know, because for some games, for a while, multiplayer was locked until you finished the campaign. And then it became, okay, right from the bat, you could play multiplayer. And a lot of people went to multiplayer first. And then when they got tired of that, then they went back to the single player and, you know, ran through that or or never went back to the single player. And, you know, there's that's not to say that, you know, I don't enjoy some aspects of it. You know, I'm for a very, very long time was a Destiny freak because I loved the way that the multiplayer and single player were blended. You know, I could drop into a world without a strike team without friends paired up with me and played through worlds and played through a campaign and a story but there were these spaces in the middle of my traversing these maps where it was open and there was sometimes 10 people in a whole area and we were just farming you know these world events together and getting loot and doing that kind of stuff and and cooperating without you know, communicating. And I enjoyed that about the game. It was, and I think that's part of the reason why I enjoyed the game so much because it let me experience multiplayer without, you know, being friends with the people I was playing with in a way that felt safe. And that was also fun, you know, because it was completely ad hoc and it was just part of my single player experience. I wasn't forced into it. If I didn't want to play Crucible, I didn't have to touch Crucible. And where I started to fall out of love with Destiny was when they started putting so many of the rewards or armor sets or really cool things, emotes and that you could earn in the game strictly behind Crucible. And not just participating in Crucible, but actually being excellent in Crucible. You know, getting so many wins in Crucible, whether you were doing, uh, you know, everybody for themselves or on a team thing. And so then then you're completely reliant on I only get this goodie if I happen to be good enough on a team that's good enough. And because I wasn't playing Crucible all the time and because I'm not a great shot, it was very, very rare for me to be matched up with people that were fun to play with, good communicators, 
and also good at the game. Like more times than not, I would end up on teams the few times that I tried doing some some crucible runs because I really wanted a couple of emotes and some a uh, couple of pieces of armor that were only available if you won a certain number of crucible matches, and it just was too difficult to do. And even being part of a clan, not everybody's playing when everybody's available. Not everybody in your clan is actually good. In my clan, we probably had about 10 people that were just amazing roughshaws. Like if you had two of them on your team, even if it was a six on six, we were probably going to win or do very well if they were playing. And I never feel good about a win having to ride somebody else's tailcoats. Like if I don't feel like I'm contributing, then I don't feel like I'm actually playing the game. And therefore, if there is a reward, I don't feel like I've earned it. You know what I mean? So that just kind of also leaves a little nasty taste in my mouth. And, I, and I've had this conversation with people, and they just ultimately have looked me up and down and been like, well, then get good scrub. And like, okay, there's a degree of that for sure. Absolutely. But if your whole game relies on me having to be fucking amazeball great at your game to enjoy it, then to me, you got a balance issue. Because you shouldn't just make a game for just the hardcore. Mm. I think that that's a misstep. And the reason why I say that is because if your game isn't at least accessible to more than just the hardcore, you're going to have a hard time of having mass success with it. And every game now is striving for mass success so they can make beyond their projected performance numbers because that's what they call it a hit and if they don't make those numbers then even though they're either solvent or they've made a profit they'll turn around and shit can a bunch of people because it wasn't a huge success because they didn't make mass appeal as an example okay i don't play dark souls and souls likes games i have played them i'm horrible at them But even in a Dark Souls game or a Souls-like, it is attainable in that they have skewed the game so that simply through trial and error, if you will sit and bash your head in against a boss over and over again, you will eventually figure out their attack patterns, how to dodge. You can, you know, call in support and have another person help you. You know, you can beat the boss. You just have to put in the trial and error to figure out their patterns. And so I do feel like they they have an attempt at balancing as opposed to just the people who are just great management system managers and also very quickly identify patterns. I feel like those people blaze through a Souls game and feel super accomplished. Then there are the people that try and try and like on the third try, they finally figured it out and they make it past the boss and you're like, ah, success. I don't have an option of that happening with Battle Royale. And I never, there's there's never a pattern to learn because every game is unique. Every player is unique. Some people are campers. Some people, you know, just know the map inside and out. Some people are lucky and, you know, luck into the right resources at the right time. Like most of the time that I've played a Battle Royale game, I've never been able to get into the game because I don't know the map. So I don't know where the best places to drop to find resources are. And so more times than not, I was killed before I even got to a gun. That's a balance problem to me. Like if I drop someplace and I don't have spawned somewhere attainable, not saying that you have to put a, hey, dumbass, there's a gun right here. 
neon button and arrow, but if it's possible for me to drop into an area that has absolutely no weapon resources, that's a huge handicap. And it's not one that I, through sheer luck or skill, can overcome. And so as a casual player, that sucks. Yeah. You're right. Okay. That and so that really sucks. That that's kind of where I I I look at Battle Royale from a casual perspective, from the casual gamer's perspective. You know, if you started day 1 with Fortnite or day 1 with PUBG or you know, pick your Battle Royales, then you've learned. You've had that trial and error, but you started the game where at the same time everybody starting that game is at that level. Right? Like if somebody was to pick up Destiny today, Destiny 2, and start playing that game. They'd be totally overwhelmed because most worlds that they would be jumping into, players would be running past them at level 650 with, like, crazy raid items, and you're just like, I have no fucking chance. And yet, there's a leveling system. There's a quick, you know, get halfway up to their level, and now you can start the campaign and the story and learn the game and all those things and then get good, and then, you know, you can go into Crucible. And... You know, the way that they match make, you're going to be match made on a team that, you know, is quasi-balanced. You're not going to be matched with a team that is all OP and everybody hits at, you know, 650. And that's good. That makes it attainable. It makes it fun because there's a, I think, a balanced level of challenge as opposed to an overwhelming level of challenge. And an overwhelming level of challenge for a long period of time is not fun and people will move on to other things. Look at how big Undertale and Deltarune are right now. Has Deltarune released another chapter yet, or is it still only the first chapter? Uh, second chapter, I believe, is either out by the time that this podcast is recorded, or, or is going, going to be, to be out, out after. shortly after, because uh, I have seen some people that have early access to it playing oh, okay. the second chapter. So we're we're very close, right? But when you look at a Undertale or a Dental... Delta Rune. It is a game that a casual player can pick up for sure, and also hardcore. You know, are you going to find all the things and spare all the people? And are you going like the last the last boss in Undertale? Like that is such a fucking mindfuck. It's ridiculous. It's crazy difficulty, but it ramps up over time. And so you never feel overwhelmed up until you get to the final boss. And you should always feel a little overwhelmed, I feel like, when you get to the final boss. Because you've been going through all of these trials and tribulations throughout whatever game you're playing to beef yourself up, to learn more skills, to get better weapons, to get stronger, so that you could take off this ultimate big bad. And so your ultimate big bad should be big and bad, and they should be difficult. And I don't have that. In Battle Royale, I could literally spawn on a map, turn around, and be shot because I have no armor, no weapons, and didn't even get to get to a building before somebody who just happened to drop onto a chest in a stockpile grabbed it all and shot me in the back of the head. Mm. And so I think it just depends on, you know, the type of game that you're looking for. And again, this is me not shitting on Battle Royale, but simply explaining why I don't find it entertaining and why I think that putting too much emphasis on Battle Royale because it appears to be the hot big thing right now and abandoning single-player campaign is not a smart move because there's only a certain segment of the gaming community that is into Battle Royale, and they are just one great single-player game away from abandoning it. Because you get 
got to remember, and I shouldn't say just single player, but also multiplayer. We are coming up on a year where we're going to have a new Gears game. There's probably going to be an announcement of a new Halo game. And I feel like Battle Royale is really popular right now because the audiences that enjoy the Dead Spaces, Gears, Halos of the world don't have new titles in those genres. So they got to get their gunplay someplace. And Call of Duty's Battle Royale didn't do it enough. But I think you have those games come out and it's going to steal a chunk of people away from the PUBGs and the Apexes of the world. I am only still interested in Anthem because my heart is missing a great Mass Effect game. Yeah, and I don't think we're I don't think we're going to see one. No, BioWare said that Mass Effect's not dead, but I'm like, but you haven't shown me any signs of life either. Well, they showed you a twitch in like a really dorked up finger with Andromeda. I don't count Andromeda. Oh, okay. I, don't I was about get me to wrong. Say, like when like... Andromeda was fixed, okay, I completed Andromeda. Okay, and once it was fixed, Andromeda's not a bad game, but it's definitely not what I would say is a typical Mass Effect experience. Like, Andromeda feels very much like it was planned DLC, three-point DLC, for a Mass Effect game, and they just didn't come up with the game, and they put the DLC out and said, this is the game! And I mean, and we know Bioware is about to, like... Because they pulled the resources to do or drop Anthem. Dragon Age, because I think we're now in the we're in the boomer swell where it's either mm-hmm. Bioware or Dragon Dragon Age. Yeah, so, yeah Dragon we're, Age. We're they, not gonna. They're, s- they're coming with a Dragon Age. Yeah. So. <sighs> okay. You know, the, that the sh- that, that day, shit was already hinted at at the Game Awards, right? But I'm just saying that, like, at the end of the day, like, okay. Yes, you're fiending for this type of game, and this this powerhouse of a of a dev house has always kind of produced it, and now they're shifting their gears. Which I mean, in terms of business and and whatnot, mm-hmm. that that happens a lot. And I mean, for every game that goes battle royale, there will come a game that will tug on the strings that you need. Mm-hmm. It may come through an indie though. Or it may come from a much smaller, you know, mm-hmm. development house and, you know, and all of that. But I mean, the space that is games is like this super mass, massive ocean. So that even when one river dries up, another river has been made somewhere else. So it's just a matter of, mm-hmm. you know, understanding that things will, you know, change their course or peter out over time. But something always comes down the river bend, which I mean, yeah, that's very Disney of me to say, Panda. I'm sorry, everybody, <laughs> but you know, like it will eventually. And I mean, oh yeah, don't get me wrong. I have plenty of other games to play. All I'm saying is that it feels like Activision seems to be honing in on we're just gonna focus on online multiplayer and battle royale titles because that's where all the money seems to be so we're going to back off these other things and to me i'm sitting here going don't forget the bitch that made you popular because it feels like you rode in with the you know good looking girl she wasn't like model hot but she was definitely hot she's been with you and holding you up since day one consoling you when you when you when you fell and lifting you up 
even higher when you were high. And now because you've made it and you're doing well, the hot model chick is like, hey, how you doing? And you literally just pushed. Don't, don't your dismiss your girl aside. You Lucius, don't dismiss Cookie for Anika. Right. Right. Like, you pay your mm-hmm. dues to Cookie. You do right by Cookie. Right. You know, and, I and literally then, feel what, like and then bygones be bygones. Like, Fuck you, bitches. Like, hey, girl, hey, Anika, let me see that booty. Shake it. Hey. But yeah, like, I get, I get where. And I'm mean. just over here, Cookie's just seething, like, really? After mm-hmm. I went to jail for you for 17, for 17 years? years? Yeah. But I digress. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it took a long way to no, get I, there. I but get basically, you. I brought and 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 that's just what it kind of feels like. And so that's not to say that you know Battle Royale doesn't have its place. Because man, I fucking love watching Battle Royale matches. It's one of my favorite things to watch on YouTube during my commute in and out of work. Is watching you know really fun Fortnite and Apex gameplay on some of my favorite streamers. Like I enjoy watching that. But that's not a thing that I enjoy playing. Like, I will not purchase those games. I own Fortnite, and I mostly own Fortnite because I love Nick Chester. And I wanted to support the game that he was doing PR, his first big game that he was doing PR for for Epic with joining the team. So I was like, I'm going to get in on this beta, downloaded it, played it for, like, 15 minutes, and I'm like, I'm going to buy this game because, like, big ups legit support my homie i've tried to play i think about five total matches in the battle royale side and i played the single player campaign for about an hour and a half and i haven't touched the game since and i have no desire to touch the game that's just me is it is it just me or does it really feel like there's this this strong divide that is happening in a community that we've always kind of prided being kind of a unified force, even within our particular niches and our stronger interests. Like, it always seemed like the gaming community against, you know, public opinion or the gaming community against, you know, you know, representation. Or mm-hmm. And it feels like, particularly right now, that with this big divide between standard, single-player, multiplayer... We're now seeing this like oversaturation of battle royale, which is, has this very strong me against the rest of you fucking bitches mentality, where it's mm-hmm. me first and everybody else last. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's just this very aggressive stance that the gaming community now gets to take in like a very passive aggressive way where it's not like you know i'm in your face in a real battle royale scenario like this is all done Mm -hmm. from the comforts of our homes with you know joysticks and and gel buttons and it's just as i sit here and i think about it i'm like whoa that's like really hashtag deep and like right because before the flexing was kind of soft right it was leaderboards you know it was games that had leaderboards or it was arcades where you could leave your name when you had the the top score right and that was you know super passive right right it wasn't i just i just did better this one time or like Mm -hmm. this one time that it looks like to you because you don't know i could have sat at that you know that machine for four hours one day Mm mm-hmm and just and 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 I actually feel like and I and I'm probably gonna get some hate for this comment, but I always feel like whenever you see like movies that highlight like a gamer going for like a top score, they're like 
yeah, the person's got skill, but it's always like that random thing of chance that just happens to happen at that one moment. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, oh, I always get this level in this range of score. It's always like, oh, he got the magic flute that got him to level eight. And then he beat Bowser like he just beat it. Like it's never like I confidently went in and did this. Like it's never, a, you know, I'm just doing this run for fun type business. Like it's always right. like and that, and that's at the, the seat of your you know, Hollywood magic thing. Right. Right. But I, I think that, you know, we've always strive within the game community to be the best, right? Because at the end of the day, it's I play the game so I can win. So I can beat the bad guy or beat the boss or complete the level or whatever the objective is. I overcome the objective and I win. Okay, so games have always been competitive, whether on the solo level or on the multiplayer level, right? And I'm not disparaging that or trying to play that up or down or any way. But what I will say is I do think that Battle Royale is one of those things that is like the defining moment in the community right now that is making the distance between the solo player experience and the multiplayer experience even bigger, right? Since multiplayer became a thing in video games, there's always been this concern by by the solo, you know, single player campaign player that hey this multiplayer thing scares me in its success because it may take away resources and things from this thing that I do because this is where I'm comfortable and what I enjoy and not this other thing so just don't forget me like be successful and do the other thing but don't forget that I'm over here as well and I'm a player as well and I'm a consumer as well and I want experiences and things for me and I think that you know, it, it's one of the fears that, you know, I brought up looking at the nominees across the board for, you know, the the game show awards. Because I'm like, almost everything with the exception of a couple of categories is just multiplayer and battle royale central. Uh, and Well, I mean, the, the last game awards that we did the stream for, that we like sat and walked through, a lot of the... I think a lot of our upset was over the fact that a game that had only been out for like less than a month well, that's got a big nominated and then won category. And the multiplayer for that, that had they, just dropped had right before the, the award show. Of gestation time out in the market would have been justifiable, but the circumstances were just a little off. I think that's where our biggest issues were. And I mean, Rockstar's always kind of had a really good singular game and also like a good multiplayer game. So I don't want to fault right. them. And I'm not I'm not faulting Rockstar for that. And and speaking of which, like it has leaked. I mean, since I brought it up. I mean, since you brought it up, like, but I'm just going to say like since you brought it up, you know, it has leaked and I don't know how much the leak should be believed. So I'm going to tell you guys as I say the this, take it with a grain salt. like just so much sodium. Okay? But nah. Bully 2 appears to be the game that they're working on. Next. I put my finger on this years ago when I got that tidbit of information from our friend across the pond who Mm -hmm. was checking out uh, trademarks and noticed that they had, like, re-upped the trademark for Bully Yeah, basically the leak is uh, around a casting uh, call that has gone out. Oh, well then. Well, one, it's about damn time if this ever gets confirmed. Right. Because I, I think people have been, like, low-key, quietly writing in their journals, praying to whatever memorabilia they have or their old discs of Bully, waiting for a resurgence of Bully. Yes. 
I would love to see what they do with that. You know, the space right now is ready for that kind of game to pop up again. And again, I think that Rockstar is one of those game companies that does both really well. Okay? You know, I thought that the single-player campaign in Grand Theft Auto V was fantastic. I thought it was very interesting how you switched between the three characters, you know, really at will for the majority of the game and got these three distinct narratives and stories and characters that meet up in a way that is just like so over the top, but that makes sense for Rockstar, right? Right. And then their multiplayer online was just bananas. Okay, it's still going strong now. They they didn't really have to come out with Red Dead 2 to have a successful year this year because Grand Theft Auto Online continues to kill it. Yeah. Very okay? true. Okay, and that just means that you've made a great fucking experience. But but I think, one, they, they knew that the RDR story, one, I don't feel was really done. Like, there's always ways to, to bring out more in mm-hmm. their type of sandboxy, full immersion, full inclusion type of right. scenarios. So, of course, with what they learned from GTA Five, and then obviously it's online components, why not bring to life the West in the way that they brought, you know, Five to life? So, like, I I see why they did that. Not to mention, you know, they've always kind of been a one-two-trick pony, you know, with Grand Thefts and, you know, this. You know, and I mean, for them now to be like, oh, by the way, maybe there's a hint that we're going to do Bully. Like, they're they're now deciding to ramp up their portfolio, which I think is, is smart. Because, you know, if they somehow, and I mean, granted, it usually takes Rockstar, like, five to seven years to, like, get a game out, which means if Bully is to be believed, we won't see Bully until 2026? Wait, no, that's bad no, math. That's yeah, bad math. I would say, so here's the thing, if they're casting voice well, actors now. I mean, seven now, years, that'd be 2026. Yeah, but, that's too much. But if they're casting voice actors now, what I would say is, Put a four-year typical cycle on it. Ah, but they're they're at least closer to five, bro, in all honesty. Right. And it's but not like I have, but, like... But this is what I'm saying. If they're casting voice actors, that means that they have dialogue. They already have the story. Yeah, but writing... But they could have had written stories for Bully well while they were still developing our regular RDR. Right, like, but not they stories have so that were like teams final. doing like eight different things, all right. codenamed, so, so no one all knows I'm what saying, people are working on. So all I'm saying is, if they are now casting voice actors, that means that they've settled on dialogue to be recorded. So while that is being recorded, they're probably going to go into principal animation. Maybe. Maybe. I'm not against it. Yeah. So I'm so I'm saying it. that you know you could be from this podcast recording four years away from playing a Bully 2 game. More realistically, it's five, but you could be four. They could be that far along. It's a possibility. Because they've been sitting on Bully for motherfucking ever. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying, like, it's a done deal. I'm just saying, like, it's a possibility. They're going to ride high for a while, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. So, like, they don't have, there's no, there's no strong impetus or rush for them to really, I mean, unless they want to shock the pants off of people, which, I mean, that would be swell. I mean, and why not do it, right? Like, RDR2, like, killing it, just, just above, I I I mean, I can't say because I still haven't, I haven't even opened my RDR2. Like, I, (laughs) I bought it, I got it, 
And I was like, I'm going to play this. And I thought me and my husband would play it together. But he's he's not in the mood. He thought he would be, but he's not. So we haven't. And then I got Kingdom Hearts 3. And I'm playing that. And secretly wondering why I'm doing that. When I probably would have more fun in RDR 2. <laughs> still haven't even played God of War. That's still also unopened. Yo, you really got to get on that. You really, like... Like, it's getting to a point where it's like, do I disservice. really like games? Because I'm beginning to suspect that maybe I don't. You're like legit, <laughs> legit like, doing yourself a disservice. I am. I realize that, but I, I'm not changing my behavior, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, I'm aware of my error of my ways, but I'm still not changing it because, you know, I'm an adult and I can do what I want. <laughs> anyway, I digress. Right. But, like, to your point, you know, there's. There are people that do both very well, and I, I I think that it is potentially a misstep to decide that you're only going to cater to one thing, especially if you're not doing that one thing, if you're not the guy or the entity that does it the best all the time. If Activision Blizzard was the first to do Battle Royale ever, and they kind of set the mold and were the trendsetters, then it would be the one thing to be like, this is what we do, and this is what we always do well, and we tried these other things and they didn't work, so we're going back home and doing this one thing that we do well. Wow! That would be one thing. But this just very much feels like a, we're chucking this because we see this is the cash cow, and we're just going to like milk that bitch until it's dry, and then we're going to grind her bones and make some jello, because that's what we do. And that that just feels uncomfortable to me. So, you know, hopefully they'll, you know, prove me wrong. And I'll be like, oh, man, see, look at that. I was so wrong. Woo. And that'll be fine. And I'll I'll eat my words. I don't think, however, that that is going to be the case. So that being said, enough about that. Let's talk about some fun stuff. Let's talk about some good stuff. I've been playing the shit out of Crackdown 3. I was waiting for you. To bring that up. Because, like, I, you've been real quiet on, like, the Facebooks and my texts and my Insta. And I was like, that's because that bitch be playing Crackdown. I have. I absolutely have. And here's the thing. It is fucking amazing. Okay? It is just fantastic. So, here's what I'm going to say. If you enjoy Crackdown 1 and you have Game Pass... There's absolutely no reason why you should not be playing Crackdown 3. There's just there's just none. Crackdown 3, and right now I'm only playing the campaign. I have not played any of its Battle Royale thing, and I don't know that I will. Because again, it's not my jam. But it is truly a spiritual successor to Crackdown. And so what that means is, Sis, you absolutely have to get the game because we have to play it together. So if you're not familiar with the, the game, basically you play a agent of the government. You are, in essence, a super peacekeeper. And the city that you are in is under siege by the criminal element. In Crackdown 1, it was gang elements Super stereotypical. And similarly into it was an organization in general that just had pockets all over the city that you had to take out the generals in order to, 
get to the bad guys and realize the bad guys had taken over your agency and you had to thwart them. In three, there is an organization that is trying to black out the world in order to force chaos and to come out as the controlling element. Terry Crews and his crew, you start the game with an emotional pitch by Terry that your group is going to be the ones to stop that shit, delivering one of my favorite, like, get-pumped ad-libs, which is Terry Crews at his end of pumping everybody up and, like, we're going to do this thing. He's like, yeah, so quack, quack, motherfuckers. And I was like, yeah, quack, quack, motherfuckers. And then this ball of fucking energy comes and disintegrates Terry and your whole crew. And you're like, wait, hold the fucking phone. You said I was going to be Terry Crews in this game. Fucking shit up. And he's blown up before I even get on the map. And then you you discover, you know, and I have to say, I will tell you that the team did a really good job. The the story element. So that happens and some of Terry's DNA is left behind. So he's not completely turned into Ash. And this renegade group, because a blackout does happen because your group doesn't stop them, is able to find that DNA and starts a sequencing process to rebuild him. You make (laughs) Make him better, faster. And so that's one of the things that you can actually discover as you traverse New Providence, which is a city that was created by this group that turns out to, you know, not necessarily have the citizens of New Providence's best interests at heart. And so you're trying to take them down, destroy their propaganda, destroy their drug making (laughs) uh, and hooch making facilities so that you can free the people from kind of this mind control state that they are in and rise up and knock them down. And it is just absolutely more of the same for Crackdown. So you're running around the facility, finding agility orbs. You're going through driving tests and races to increase your driving skills. The more skills that you develop in your agent for speed and for strength and for firearms unlocks new firearms, new skills, new fighting mechanics for you. So it is a... Grind to up your level, but it is a fun, enjoyable grind because the entirety of the map is open to you. You might be underpowered for entering some areas, but you can actually see when looking on the map, when looking at different objectives, you know, plants to destroy, machinery to destroy, chemicals to destroy, those kinds of things. Based off of what level you are at the time, it will tell you what your percentage of being able to succeed is and even that percentage it is just stock based off of what your stats currently are not necessarily how you play the game so you may be rated as like 90 percent having a chance to succeed in defeating this area because you're a level four in all of your stats but if you're not a good player when you come into the map you might find yourself overwhelmed because you're not using the right weapons or you haven't found enough diverse weapons And so there is, you know, some challenge to the game. It's not just straight like I'm OP from the moment I land. And so you are a new agent that was built, if you don't pick Terry Crews as initially who you want to be, that is restructured from your DNA. And therefore, you then have to build up all your skills because you are a fresh new babe in the woods. So you don't start it being max agent to begin with. So it makes sense. And the story makes sense as well, because in addition to collecting all those different orbs and doing the race tests and the driving tests and, you know, beating people with other people to get your skills up and picking up heavy things and lunging them at people, there are also sequences of DNA all around. So while there are, I want to say between... 
uh, six and eight, if I remember correctly, agents that you could pick up from the start. As you find and traverse the maps, you'll see different DNA little sequence objectives on your map. And when you find those, you have found and have unlocked other agents. And so there's a crazy amount of diverse agents. I think there's like 30 some odd agents total that you can pick from. To start the game off, I picked an agent that had a plus five explosive and plus five agility to Souza, which is Latin X brown chick. Just because I liked her agility, I tend to focus on agility um, and explosives a lot. I like to blow things up to knock multiple enemies out as opposed to just running in Leroy Jenkins and hoping that I have enough ammo because you never do. But there, are, it's much easier to unlock supply points. They basically show up on your map and as soon as you get within 10 feet of them, they become unlocked. Um, there's usually some enemies in the area that you can kill, but... You just have to get close. So, like, you can play peekaboo and scale up the backside of a building and unlock that supply point without ever actually entering it or killing the enemies in front of it. But it's now a fast travel point that's available to you, which I super like. Uh, as soon as you pick up a weapon, it gets added to your inventory. So you can go to any supply house and get it. So it's not like you have to pick up a weapon and, like, in previous games, make a beeline to your supply house and actually take it back to your supply house before it would become available at other supply points or for you to stock up at any other point. Now, as soon as you pick it up, it's just immediately added to your inventory. The same with the with cars. As soon as you just enter a car, it immediately becomes available in your inventory so you can go to a carport and call for it at any point in time. Uh, once you build up your car level... Uh, to two, you can summon your agency vehicle to come to you wherever you are, which is super nice. And so the game just plays really well. It took all of the cool things that they added in Cracktown 2 that people enjoyed without the story that, you know, and camera, frankly, that was an issue for most people into, and tack that on to one in this whole new engine. So I, I have absolutely enjoyed every single minute that I've been playing and I do think that it is a great games pass game because you can buy it outright for sure which I will be doing let me be very clear because I I love this game and so I will be buying it outright but I am a games pass subscriber so it was available day one in games pass which if you subscribe to the 12 bucks a month service you can get it right now along with 99 other games to be playing. So it's, you know, minimal investment to try the game out. The campaign is about an 11 gig install. Wrecking Zone, which is the Battle Royale, which is run on cloud services, is the Battle Royale mode. And there were some people that were a little pissed that they were separate downloads and that there wasn't party support right off the bat for Wrecking Zone. And the game's producer and one of their engineering leads actually did a live stream because the game, you know, has just been running for the weekend and said, hey, community, here are the top three things that we've heard from you guys and we wanted to address so that you could understand, you know, our thinking and our rationale behind those things. And you can also know that we're working on them and we hear you. And I thought that that was really respectful, you know, because the number one thing was like, you guys were like, where the hell is party support? How do we release this game without having party support? And here's the deal. This game is a big game of first for them. They built Wrecking Zone, their battle royale on Azure Cloud. So it's an entirely cloud-based thing. And it supports up to 100 players. That's really difficult to ensure that you're going to have true party fidelity 
with that many people on a line before. They haven't done that before in a game. And so they wanted to make sure that Wrecking Zone launched strong and stable and without lag. So they launched it without party support. And they've been watching it all weekend to make sure that, you know, frame rates didn't drop, that gameplay didn't drop, that there weren't any camera issues, that there weren't any, you know, spawn issues that and those kinds of things. And they feel pretty good about it. So they've been testing party support right now in their SDK. Um, they started that this weekend on cloud servers to make sure that that's running. Right now, the tests are proving positive. So it is something that is going to happen. There will be party support. But I do think that it's just really great to hear them say, look, this is why this isn't here. It's not that we didn't think about it. It's not that we didn't know that you need it. It's not that it's not something that we knew we should have, but we didn't want to miss this launch window. And this doing this whole thing in Cloud Azure is super new to all of us. And we didn't want to sacrifice your first experience playing this mode by having subpar everything. And I appreciate that. And I think that the community can appreciate that as well. Because even though I don't play it, I know for sure that I would absolutely have some huge, huge, huge negative feelings about it if I did try it with party support and I could never hear my party. My party disconnected all the time. We weren't able to communicate. It slowed down or lagged our gameplay. Like, I'd be like, this shit is not ready and I would never go back to it. So I think that it's smart to do it that way. But to also let people know that, like, you are testing it and you're working on it and you will, the game will have it. The game mode will have it. You know, they also, you know, talked about and addressed, you know, their frame capping because they locked uh, the game um, for multiplayer to 30 frames a second on PC. And the main reason is because when you're doing Wrecking Zone, and it's just they locked it to 30 frames per second for Wrecking Zone on PC, that is completely, completely reliant on the client and the server being in sync. And so if you run and the server's are only able to run right now consistently supporting that many players at 30 frames a second. So if you clock your machine, your PC to 60 frames, like you're going to have desync, which means lag, which means intermittent jumpy people, which means shitty gameplay. So like, and we didn't want to do it. So that's why we capped everything at 30. For now, we are working on enhancements to the servers and other things into our cloud structure to support it so that it can run at 60 frames a second because a single player campaign runs at 60 frames per second so people are like why when i go into wrecking zone is it at 30 and i can't push it to 60 this is bullshit well it's bullshit for a reason here's the reason they're working on it but here's the reason to ensure that you have a great gameplay experience running off of this back end that they've never used before it this team specifically to scale this large. So I appreciate that. I always appreciate having an understanding of why things are the way they are. Even if I still disagree with them at the end of the day, at least if I can understand what your logic is and I can follow it, then I'm all for it. I absolutely love the character design. I love the game. It fucking is just cracked down and oh my god you know i missed it i missed it is the story absolutely great no is the gameplay design and and the story pieces that they do which are kind of uh almost comic book design um so they're not all fmv in betweens they're this very propaganda-y designed 
you know, Big Brother is watching you kind of thing. I appreciate that art style. There are propaganda towers that you have to take over, so basically you're turning the red towers blue. When you turn them blue, it is a hologram of Terry Crews, and he starts speaking about how the agency is behind you and you should rise up, and he ends with quack, quack, motherfuckers, and every time I make another quack, quack, motherfuckers happen, my heart grows three sizes. Like, I just love it. It's crazy mayhem. It runs super fast. Like I can only imagine how well this game runs on an Xbox One S or a Xbox One X, you know, at 4K, because I'm sure that it is unbelievably dope. Um, the explosions are fantastic. I've only experienced slowdown a little bit at one point, and that's, again, because I, I have had to install the game on my external drive, so I know it's just buffer underrun from my drive to my day one X console, um, so I'm not sliding the game for that, but even at that, it's because I chained off 11 explosives at the same time, so... So it was really me kind of pushing my machine to do something my machine didn't want to do, but it still did it. <laughs> it and it looked dope when I did it because I rammed a car into a... <laughs> you know, I, I just love that our conversations can be like, yeah, so like I rammed my car into this building and like I took out like eight people and a nun and <laughs> And it just, it's so common. It's and it so increased common. my driving skills, so now I've got level two driving skill. Which, you know, in real life, if you hit anyone, it wouldn't be an increase in your skill except for getting into prison. Right. <laughs> you right. <So> yeah. <laughs> you right. <laughs> but still, all I'm saying is, it is super dope. I'm absolutely loving it, and I feel like it's a game that that fills the gap for me between Grand Theft Auto and Saints Row. Yeah, because oh, I completely, it's, I I get that sense from how you speak of it. You know, it's 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 definitely mission to mission point. You know, very much like Grand Theft Auto, but it's just the over the topness of. Okay, I now am level three agility, so I can straight just jump to the top of this building from the ground, and I've got boosters on my back, so I can double jump and then let off my booster and glide for a little bit, and then ground pound when I come down and blow up this entire area, which is then going to make robots come and try to take me out, and I'm just going to keep escalating this until it gets to a level three, and then, like, there's going to be helicopter bots and drones and, like, people throwing poisonous gunk at me, and it's not even going to matter because I'm going to hit them all with these launch grenades that are going to make them fly up in the air, and while they're in the air, I'm going to hit them with my stun gun, and it's going to chain across them, and by the time they hit the ground, I will have dropped my frag grenades, so they're just going to land in an explosion, and I win. And that's fun. I likes that. I likes it a lot. You know, like I walked up to a reactor and they're like, you got to take out this reactor. And I'm like, okay. And I punched it one time. I, I was like, Saitama. I was like, one punch man. is punch. And the whole thing exploded. And it was great. And I loved it. So... I really am enjoying the game. If you're looking for a game that is just action with like a little bit of platformer, not a bunch, but a little bit, that's just good time, fun, shoot him up, just knock out the bad guys, 
Crackdown is a great game for that. It is a great, great Game Pass game. And so if you're you're on an Xbox and you have Game Pass, you should absolutely download it and give it a try. If you're not, but you're a fan of the franchise, or you've only played Crackdown 1 because they didn't make it available for free to introduce a lot of people to the game for those who didn't play it back in the old 360 days, give it a try because it's just a lot of really fun at times mindless fun, but other times when you're getting towards like the top level bosses of an area, you do got to use some strategy and you got to, you know, go with the right weapons and figure out what the right cadence is and make sure that you're keeping an eye on your ammo stash. And did you build up your skills enough to actually take out this boss and use it in the right way? And so it does become a little bit challenging. But if you just want to get in and drive around and drive your car through, I don't know, a building and blow up the building you can and that's a fun time and at the end of the day your gameplay should be fun you should leave a game being like oh man that was a good time like i enjoyed that i'm gonna do that again and as long as you do whether that's a single player campaign a multiplayer game or a battle royale then you're ahead of the game and winning i agree So keep doing that. That's all the time that we have for the podcast this week. We will be back next week with another episode. If you enjoyed this episode of our podcast, then please make sure that you subscribe. You can do that by visiting our website, electricsisterhood.com, and checking out the episodes and getting our subscription link in iTunes right there from our homepage. You can also check out our entire archive of podcast episodes by hitting the podcast category and checking them all out. You can also get our podcast through iTunes, either on the desktop or through the podcast application on your iOS device by searching for the Eshcast and subscribing. You can also get our podcast through Stitcher Radio, through Google Play, through Vognetwork.com, as well as check out some other amazing shows across all of nerddom over there at Vognetwork.com or through pretty much any podcast aggregator on the planet. Just make sure that you're searching for Electric Sisterhood Eshcast and subscribing, and you'll get our brand new episodes the moment we put them out on the web for consumption. If you enjoy what we're doing here at Electric Sisterhood, then please make sure that you check out some of the other sites by all of our amazing content creators in our family little network. That includes our homie King Baby Duck over at B3Crew.com and his bi-weekly podcast, No Borders, No Race, where he spins some great music from artists that you know and some that you don't and definitely should, as well as teaching you a little bit of Japanese in the process. So be sure to check out B3Crew.com and the No Borders, No Race podcast. Also check out our homie Hamsterman2049 over at smashedrook.com doing live streams every Wednesday night at 9 Eastern playing new games and old. Be sure to check out one of my favorite humans on the planet, Phil the Issues Guy with Phil's recap and review. He's got that over on YouTube. You can check out his archive at issuesprogram.com and also check out some of the new stuff that he's doing over at Twitch Live. Hit up his website for links to the archive and follow him on social. It's an absolute great time. And last but certainly not least, keeping you up to date with all the stuff that nerds crave, whether it's comic books, anime, music, movies, manga, and more. If it's nerdy at all, the nerds over at nerdcrave.com are talking about it. So please check out all of our sites, bookmark them all, check out our new content every single week, follow us on social, engage with us. You can find us on Instagram at ESH News, on Twitter at ESH News, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash land of esh. With that, it's time for us to call it an evening. As always, I'm Ninja Sista. And I'm Pandalicious. Until next time, titties. <laughs>